this is Brad with Comic Experience Sci-Fi, reporting live from our Able Ideas uh, suite in beautiful downtown Birmingham, Michigan. It is the 7th of February, and it is our 7th podcast. We're here with The Q. The Q. Nick Moretti. Welcome. Mark Myers. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you just messed up the whole oh. And Denver, our chief cook and bottle washer on the box. And we're here to talk about what today, Denver? Well, this is what you would call a slow news week as far as us geeks are concerned. (laughs) Nope. No new trailers, nothing all that juicy. I think the biggest geek news is there is now officially going to be a Flash and Supergirl crossover episode. Absolutely. Yes. Which I am so excited about. You guys don't get to be excited because you don't like Supergirl. So not leave it alone. No, what's exciting is that two totally separate networks with that just happen to share similar copyrights are willing to work together so that people such as yourself have the opportunity to see real-time crossovers that we would ordinarily, without a hitch, see in a comic book. Aren't they both Paramount, though? No. Well, well it's, the, it's the same production company. Greg Berlanti yeah. produces both shows and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. So they're all going to be on the same show. Supergirl's going to be on Legends right, of Tomorrow. Right, but it's different networks, years. and it, history has shown us It is the first time no, that I think it's different one, network. One company yeah. always wants to make all the money or tells the other one to F.O., right. as we've seen in, oh, the failures of Fox. Never mind. So, well... They suck. They both I don't like, Punisher, win-win. To I don't like credit, Rupert Murdoch, and I'm not afraid the, the, to say to it. To Fox's credit, Punisher Warzone was pretty damn good. Yeah. I just want to know what happened to Arrow. He got left out of the loop there with uh, oh. <laughs> Supergirl. And yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think he the Flash has better ratings, probably, and they figured well, they were the going to make more money. He doesn't need better. it, yeah. Well, what's interesting is if DC could do on television what Marvel beat them to on the big screen, which yes. is create a universe, uh, a small screen universe with continuity amongst all the characters, which would be really neat. Yes. Well, well that's I what they're doing that's with what their they're movies. they're trying too. to establish, but right. they're going to establish that with the movie soon. Yeah, but right. the, pr- the problem with DC is they're going to have a separate... TV exactly. universe and then a whole different movie well, universe, so almost sure like another like Earth, like in Crisis on Infinite Earth, right. which is what they're really. I think they're getting it because I think the TV universe is supposed to be like Earth One or Earth Two or whatever. Well, if the movies bomb, they'll start bringing in the TV. What <laughs> stars. About, I mean, is Superman Just going to ever to be that. on Supergirl? And if well, so, would it be Tom? Sort Wally, of, maybe, sort of, because they're doing the flashback to Krypton. So we're going to oh, see him okay. as a young boy. Right, but I don't think you're ever going to see him on No, well, nah. now. They're changing things around. The closest around. you're going to see a Superman is the way they, they're writing it right now with um, the, on the, computer. The, the awesome uh, genetically uh, changed and a foot taller Jimmy Olsen. Um, nobody, really? Nobody? Yeah, okay. I'm listening. Um, I think that that's all we're going to get because right now that's... It's Olsen was sent by Superman, right, to watch over his cousin, who was ironically sent here to well, watch over him. If they listen to the fans, the fans want Tom Welling, right? To but be. I don't think they have the <laughs> ability to break out a Superman on television. No, why not? They did Smallville for eleven, what, ten years. That was Superboy, and that, and that yeah, show he was never called sucked. Superman. That's true. Right. That show Super sucked Boy. for five years. And yet, you want them to make something suck less? How they suck. Smallville sucked for five years. 
Smallville was, a, you know what? That is actually what leads into your favorite story of the universe that's showing up in not but five and a half weeks is the Boy Scout that thinks he knows better with a God complex over the the, the jaded uh, vigilante. All right, well, speaking, he's not a vigilante. He's a goddamn... He- okay. Speaking of that... We yeah, released our that. official list based on our, our podcast last oh, week. Y'all released y'all official <laughs> Your list. vote was counted My, equally amongst no, everyone it else's. No, it, wasn't. it couldn't have You're been. just one person. Yeah, you can't outrank all of us. Three. But anyway, let's and just yet you only get one vote. Let's just <laughs> talk about really the crux of the matter. Batman versus Superman came in only fourth on our top ten list. And Q was not happy. And we got we got some feedback online. Uh, all of the Batman fans <laughs> were not happy about that being because so low on the list. They're smart. We're smart. We don't understand it. The context of the voting is apparently beyond you folks and your ability to understand what it is we were voting. Well, go ahead and what's the list? What's the okay? Fo- so what's the, basically, the top four. Number one was Captain America: Civil Boo. War, which is essentially Batman versus Superman times six. Yay! What? <laughs> what? Well, instead of two superheroes battling each other, you've got twelve superheroes each. Squaring yeah. off against each yep. other. Okay, you have two people that okay who well, care people care about sides. The other people who cares about them. Okay, number two was more people than you. That's a good question. What not, was number not, two? Not that I. When Black oh, Widow get a uh, solo Deadpool. movie, Deadpool. Wow, so oh. Deadpool ranked higher She's than had a Matt couple of movies on her own. Not as a oh we, man. We've got a side conversation going here. Yes, Sorry. Deadpool. Lucy was good. Uh, Deadpool was number two. Let me pull up my uh, official list here. I hadn't actually uh, prepared myself. Deadpool didn't even make my five. See? See? So how can it be number two? Because he's just one person. (laughs) You guys suck. How many people voted on this one? It was all of the uh, comics, beer, and sci-fi team. Yeah. Yeah. It's like eight people. Right. Okay, okay, so here's the official list. This list is terrible. Captain America Civil War, number Ooh. one. Deadpool, number two. Ugh. Suicide Squad there squeaked in before Batman versus Superman. <laughs> See? Say that again. Where the hell Star Wars? I don't really care about that. Star Wars Rogue One. context of the list. It's okay. What, is, what are you most looking forward to Yet to come, yeah. not not a you're, favorite. You think a Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue, Rogue One? Okay, that's let me yeah, let me finish the list. Okay. Number five was X Men Apocalypse. Okay. Number six was Doctor Strange. Wow. Number seven yeah. was Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Number eight, Star Trek Beyond. Number nine, just barely squeaked in there. Independence Day Resurgence. Okay. And then rounding out the list was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the Harry Potter. I didn't even vote for that piece of crap. That might be me either. (laughs) Well, because we all only voted for five, and the list was compiled of ten. Right. Do you... So not everybody voted for all of these movies on the list. Not everybody. First of all, we didn't say, here's a list of all the movies coming out. Put them in order of one to ten. Correct. That would have been different, and that would have given you better results. But that's not what we did. We said, everybody give us your top five, and depending on how they ranked, that's how they got into the list. Correct. I, I, you conspired just no, no, to put Batman v Superman. No, no. What I did. Just to make. I'll tell you exactly how the votes were tallied. I I went through and counted. So if we had, you know, uh, 
five people that all voted for, you know, Deadpool or however many it was. That's, you know, so I just tallied up all the votes for each of the movies. That right. sounds like the NBA draft to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's well, the marketing. It's well, all in the marketing. Speaking of Deadpool. Comics list, so Marvel. I'm sorry, what? Exactly. <laughs> Comics, Marvel, and sci-fi. That's what we might as well call this thing on show. Excelsior. <laughs> Excelsior well, speaking of Deadpool Stanley. and Marvel, we are today, we're drinking... Mike's harder lemonade, right, Brad? Oh, it's it's pretty hard. Warning: contains eight percent alcohol by volume. That's why they shrunk the can. It's eight ounces of pure malt beverage joy, and I'm ready for another one in about two more gulps. And it's harder. and we're we're drinking these because it is Deadpool approved. He's on all yes. the packaging. And, uh, and I guess that is exactly the reason great why we for the kids. Do everything <laughs> exactly. Deadpool, well, Deadpool, is Deadpool's a rated R movie, so no kids will be seeing Deadpool. <laughs> well, they'll Hopefully. probably see them, just not none of the ones that's in here. Yep, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I, I think back what we were talking about before about TV universe versus movie universe. Um, Marvel isn't even really taking the TV universe seriously. No, no, no! It it totally is. Well, but Netflix. It's, it's on a pay per view basis. You and pay to see a movie. No, I understand that, but DC is putting it out there for everybody on basic to watch, so that they can build a bigger fan base instead of the elitist. Netflix must pay. Guys got to have a job to watch it, or well, when you don't get, get two logins on Netflix, or you have to pay extra. So when you've got better material, you can afford to pay for it. Ooh, <laughs> you see where he went? I just saw where he went. I just want to let all the fans know that this will be my last. <laughs> no, I am officially retiring. No, you're not from comics, Marvel, and sci-fi. Oh, okay. No, I, that's so so full of shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think any of mine made the top five. I wanted Doctor Strange, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, Batman, Superman, and Captain America were my five. So, right, so two out well, of Captain America was number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Superman was number four on your list. <laughs> <laughs> number five. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. There will be no more sidebar for me. Star Wars and Doctor Strange are my top two. I can't wait for Doctor Strange. If they do it right, if they do it the way I want it done, you know, it'll be, it'll be awesome. It should be like nothing you've ever seen before. Well, if and they make it like the comic and, book. and also if Doctor Strange is good, that might leave Marvel. It might make it open for them to start bringing out some of those darker. Uh, you know properties they have like Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf, Werewolf by Night. Night, even maybe a Moon Knight. You know, yeah. well, oh yeah, Moon yeah, yeah, yeah. they can get well, Ghost Rider to do it right. Ghost Man Rider. Thing. Yeah. There's been talk so of love to see that Man Son of thing. Satan, Man <laughs> Thing, Swamp <laughs> Thing. I don't care. Yeah. There has been Let talk of a Moon Knight series on Netflix, these, uh, so that's yeah, being discussed. I love, I love both. Right, that one. We're gonna take a little detour and we're gonna go do a deep dive into the Super Bowl, which is later today. I'm just kidding. But I did bring up the Super Bowl because there are a bunch of new trailers that are supposed to be debuting on the Super Bowl. Oh. Uh, the ones that are confirmed are there's going to be a new Deadpool, a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, a new Alice Through the Looking Glass, uh, Born 5, which is yet to be titled, so maybe we'll find out what the title is tonight, and then X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of uh, other ones that are rumored to be uh, premiering tonight, but I guess we'll have to watch and find out. Let's hope Rogue One is on there. 
That would be speculation. awesome. Is, is, is there enough footage shot yet? Yeah, uh, I think they're almost done shooting. Oh, man, I can't wait. Or even just a teaser. I'd take anything so at this point. I know, that's awesome. You guys More are Star Wars nerds. nerds. Just showing like if they would all just I show know like a, is, a, a Death Star being built. Yes. All I know is Darth if, Vader might be if, you, if you take a herd of, a herd of horses and a, a bunch of hungry wild cats and you put them in a room, it's not going to be pretty. What kind of analogy is that? Broncos versus Panthers, schmucko. What do you think I'm talking about? We're talking about the Super Bowl. Well, we're actually we're talking we're about, about the trailers. We're talking about the nerd part of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think what I said was pretty fucking nerdy. Hey, John Madden, keep it down. <laughs> First of all, are they going to be pom-pom girls? Because that's you know that's all I care about. Yeah. We're not talking about football here. We're talking about the commercials. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, speaking of visual going. speaking of X Men Apocalypse, uh, we posted a great uh, theater uh, stand up, whatever you call it, those cardboard We're cutouts. Oh, and I gotta say, the apocalypse in that cutout looks awesome. Still I know Q dumb. and these guys have all been, you know, trash talking how purple, apocalypse. Purple. Yeah, purple and this and that. Ivan ooh. Yeah, this. <laughs> He towers above everyone else, which was pretty cool. He was definitely not purple. So they called the Megazord. He was definitely not purple, and I think you know that seeing that right there was like, okay, yep, I'm in. I mean, I liked the trailer to begin with, but that kind of cemented it for and me. Brian Singer directed it. Yes. Okay. Well, he's got to uh, make now, up for the last one. He's got his regular crew with him too. Okay. Okay. Future passes. Nah, How far in the actual story are they taking this movie? Is it a one? Is it a single? This is supposed to be the last one, right? This is the last one that Brian Singer is no, doing. No, what I mean is, Apop- Apocalypse lasted, if I remember correctly, it, was it, a long... it went across. It went across like a dozen books, right. for two and a half months. Yep, it was a lot of reading. It I hated those days. Yes. I'm going to talk about that when I talk yeah. about my favorite series. So I don't want to yeah, get sidetracked. It cost me a fortune. Well, this is a this is a movie, so it's going to be right. a one off story. So they're going to they're going to do the whole thing. Do you I, have any insight? No one has that? seen it. No one knows. Oh, okay. So I mean, it can, yeah. can comprise down. To Based it. on how they adap- adapted the Days of Future Past story, I wouldn't get your hopes up if you're oh. a fan of the comic story. They did but they'll do whatever the hell people. they want. Well, because yeah, no. most of the viewing audiences are not comic book readers. Right. People go to the movie. Only they say only like one percent of the movie going audience read the comic. But that's not an excuse to yeah, change the, the, the source material. Why? Why do they take stuff and change it when because of how good it was in the first place is why they're even doing it? Hey, it's really great. Now I'm going to change it because I'm making a movie of it. I never understood that when they made Gone with the Wind, they, they tried to stay faithful to the book. They have to. They fit make everything. the extras in the Godfather. They stay faithful to the source material. Now they make a freaking storyline. Days of Future Past and Kitty Pryde's got power to some people back in time. And what the? F- I didn't even. Under- I fell asleep. That movie sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell us how you. I don't, hold, yeah. don't hold are you, back. Are you, you know, upset? Exactly yeah, I'm, I'm turned off by the X Men. I'm turned off by the Fantastic Four. I think 20th Century Fox does not know how to do. Marvel know. movies. I don't know because. So, oh yeah, you do. Come on, those were bad. I, to me, they did the Punisher Warzone. To me, was very well done. Okay. Well, where's Nightcrawler? Yeah, what what happened no to him? You know, he's Nightcrawler. Young Nightcrawler is. That's why we read Punisher. Yeah, but that Punisher Warzone was the oh, shit. Oh, Pen- Punisher <laughs> was movie? an awesome yeah. movie. Punisher Warzone. It only it was the first rated R movie after Blade. When did it come out? 
And uh, this was years ago. Year when they first now there was two Punisher movie. movies. There right. was one with the Thomas one with Jane, Jane, Thomas Jane, and it was the other one. John Travolta. Travolta. Wasn't no, John Travolta? Right, Travolta that was one? Yeah. the time. The first one. The second one was Punisher Warzone. The one with Jigsaw Ray Stevenson and, and yes. Dominic West. Yep. Right. Yes. And it had Jigsaw in oh, it. That shit. That out. And yeah, that was decent. I liked that, that one shit, for a but it was rated R, so only made like yeah. fourteen million dollars. So they, that's when they stopped Punisher doing Warzone. Punisher because they did it right, but nobody went to go well, see it because well, right. they really didn't know who was like the actors that were in it. They were well, not really household names. Well, John Bernthal is reprising the character this season for Daredevil two season two. So oh, nice. and there's already talk of him having his own spinoff series on Netflix. So well, if all the rumors of Marvel Netflix shows are true, they're going to have like twenty different. Uh, it's gonna be called Marvel Flicks, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh yeah, there'd be one more thing they took over, you know like you comics, know. Marvel, and sci-fi. Why wouldn't there be a Marvel Network maybe one? Day? Why wouldn't there be a Marvel Network maybe one day? You know, where they just exclusively show their own content, <sighs> like they started a Marvel studio to makes do their sense own. To me. Yeah, they got yeah. two of them. It's called Netflix and Disney XD. Yeah, that's true. That's Our, true. Disney already owns. All right, them. now there was two new. Movies that came out, well, more than two, but two that I think uh, have connection to this show. We've got Hail Caesar, the new Coen Brothers movies right. that stars a former Batman, a future Gambit, a current Scarlet uh, Widow, oh, Black, or Widow. Black Widow, sorry. <laughs> Scarlet. See? Scarlet, Scarlet Widow. Widow. Oh, but she's not even fucking important. She's in Captain America. The Black Witch or the Scarlet Widow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I know Mark has seen Hail Caesar. Oh, and don't, let's not forget... Uh, What's the baddie? Thanos. The current Thanos is also in Hail Caesar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Brolin, yeah. Josh yeah. Brolin is, it's is not Thanos? One of the, you're yeah. late. The, the oh movie's not God. one of the better Coen Brothers oh, movies, but I did find it entertaining. I thought. It, the, What's the, the story for those people who aren't familiar? It's about a... No a, spoilers. No it's spoilers. It's about a um, movie studio executive who basically, he's uh, the fix-it guy in the studio. He and that's made, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin plays that. And he he's always trying to keep everyone, all his stars happy and his directors happy. And all of a sudden, George Clooney's one of his like leading actors who's playing sort of a, he's playing like Julius Caesar. He gets kidnapped by this this group of people. I don't want to give that away. Okay. And um, and so he, they, he has to try to enlist like the help of some of the other actors in the studio to help try to find out what happened to him. Pretty much. And oh, and we we forgot the ancient one. The future ancient one is also in Hail Caesar. She plays like a head of hopper type gossip oh, columnist. That's right. Told is it a period yeah. movie? Is it set in it's the nineteen fifties? Oh, the early fifties. Yeah. So it's it's beautiful shot. So, and, you know, I yeah. think Roger Deakins, one of my favorite DP out there. You know, I think he should probably hopefully get another nomination yeah. for this movie. You know, he's the Susan so Lucci it, of the Academy Awards. Yeah, he, Mark, is it zany like a Mel Brooks movie? No, or? no, it's not zany. It's got it's got some humor, but it's dry humor. Okay, so and it's more quirky, right? Quirky, like, brother, where art thou? Okay. Type nice. movie. Yeah, kind of oh, like that. Yeah, okay. I like that. Movie. That was that was, that was like fun. like like a lot of the Coen Brothers like latest comedies they've sure. done in the last ten years. Yeah, you know they haven't been really zany, but they're like dry. They're always worth seeing, though. They're Yes. Always, always yes. worth your time. Yes. Okay. Now the other, the other big movie that came out this weekend is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I wanted to see that. I've been I, busy for the last. I had to work too. on uh, Friday and Saturday. Excuses. And excuses. Sunday is my normal day for seeing a movie. So, how, have you? Did you already yes. saw it? Did yes, you? I saw it. Is it I, as I, awesome I, as the trailer looks? No. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> too much Pride and Prejudice. Not enough zombies. Oh no. <laughs> 
it was like they made a Pride and Prejudice movie, and, and then they went, oh, we need to add zombies to this. So they shot extra scenes that put zombies. Well, the best the book was written. Well, I never read the book. I'm just going by its, you know, its film yeah, right. attributes. But, uh, you know, I, the best part was the, the girls, the sisters in this movie. They're Obviously, they're four hot, you know, 20-year-old girls, you know, and they're doing sword play because the whole story starts off with this play And then you happened. played with your sword. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my light saber. <laughs> Comics your porn sword is as big as mine. Porn and sci-fi. There yeah, you the go. Best, yeah, the best part were these girls doing their sword play stuff, fighting oh, zombies, Jesus. but there wasn't enough of was it. Was it all slow motion with the girls or was no, there? No, there was a few, but there was some cool Mostly scenes. beheadings. A little choppy. Yeah, there was a few beheadings, but it was PG-13, so it couldn't get too oh, gory. Oh, so, so, so no Monty but Python some, fountains. But, but it had yeah. some good visual images in, in, in it. It was like really visually stunning at some times because showing Victorian England. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and all the chaos going on because was this, this plague was going on from the, you know before the movie started. So, so did they explain it all? Yeah, they explained it was from a plague. that They, they blamed it on the French or something. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> the with All right. Now you're it makes talking. you wonder. You make a movie like that, not rated R. I was gonna say making it. So, for? so would it have it been better been if it was rated R? Yeah, I think. Yeah, they could have done more things, but it was just like I said, too much Pride and Prejudice. I felt like I was watching Pride and Prejudice, and then they just uh, they, there should just, be what? no zombie movie not rated R. It was just. I, I mean, it's impossible. I agree. It was just I agree. like I said. It yeah, was, not yeah. if you want it to it be was, good. It was yeah. too yeah. slow at points. It was. I felt like it was just disjointed at times. So it was Pride Rather. and Prejudice and a few zombies. Yes. Pride <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the Z's in zombies. Right? And a lot of these Pride zombies were people, a lot of these people were like still cognitive and they could talk. These zombies. You That's know? an interesting story. So it was like warm they bodies. They were dying, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was like warm bodies. They were dying and a lot of them were trying to hide the fact because they knew if they were caught, they would be killed immediately. Oh. Know? That's why it's PG. PG-13. Yeah, well. Same Subtle Pride, Prejudice, and a zombie here or there. When I went and saw this, there was like only, it was, it was a large theater. It was like one of the bigger theaters oh, at the yes. MJR. And it was probably like only 15 people in the theater. This, is, this has been the, new, the latest way to tell whether or not something is going there on, in the first two or three matinees on Friday, which sometimes I'm lucky enough to do because I can take a long lunch and go see whatever's coming out really important. We went to go see Pan, and there was nobody in there. There was nobody right? in there. I went to go see something else. It was so bad, I don't even remember what it was. I was the only guy in the theater. And this here, and I have a feeling that that's really going to be the trend. We're going to see that if you go in on the first day, and, and all the retirees aren't there to see it, then nobody wants to see it. Also, this I went and saw it at 10 o'clock on Friday night. PG-13 movie, you would have expect all the teenagers would have been in there. Right. Oh, yes. that's even worse. When you zombies is in the title, you would have thought teenagers would have been in there. Hardly anyone in so, there. So, think about it, too. This is Super Bowl weekend, too. But they would know the story. Yeah. Because they had something you'd have to read. Assignment, yes. Again. Yeah. And I like, don't think a lot of these kids no, 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 read no, no, that no. shit this day. This, 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 no. era, this generation, Pride and Prejudice, no. Really? No. It's not a thick book. No. No, the kids would read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies before they had read, read Pride, Pride and, and Prejudice. Prejudice. So, no. Okay. All right, well, if on they that note, read it at all. we're going to talk about uh, the main topic. Okay, I do have one piece of news. Uh-oh. All right, go ahead. No, it's I'm seriously. Afra- I'm afraid to ask. You're pregnant. Okay. No, no, no. So, the Rita Repulsa got casted in Power Rangers this week. It's going to be, um, I can't think of her name. Oh. One of my very Hunger favorites. Games. Yeah, she's uh, the, what's her name? The stylist. Yeah, I'm totally drawing a blank on her oh, name. What's her name? 
uh, the Betty Brandt from the yeah. correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, what's her name? I always think of her in Wet Hot American Summer, just because. Oh my God, everyone's <laughs> drawn a blank on her name. Forty year old virgin. No, um, never mind. I'm just picturing in Wet Hot. She directed America. Pitch Perfect Two, which oh wasn't oh. a great movie, but it was. Oh. She oh, did a good I job with Pitch it. Perfect. That Anna Kendrick, Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks, Banks. There you go. Elizabeth Banks. So she's playing yeah. Rita Repulsa <laughs> in the Power Ranger movie that's coming out next year. Is, is she the only one cast? Because I have not heard well, anything else. Well, they've been else. casting the Rangers. But they're unknown? But they're because, unknown. Okay. They're going with unknown Rangers, and then they're going to probably cast bigger people to play like Zordon and Rita. I they were all like the same height. Bigger names. Okay. <laughs> 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 See? Carvel's uh, comics assholes in sci-fi. <laughs> Takes one to know one, Chief. Uh, how about comics? We don't give a shit about Power Rangers and sci-fi. Yes. Okay. How about Power Rangers is part of comics and sci-fi? No, Assholes. Power Rangers yes, means only it's one anime. thing. Anime. It was a comic book. It's anime. It was a comic. Technically, book? it was like, a comic. Well, not book? anime, but it's was Japanese. Was it a comic book? Yeah, it's a yes or no question. It's science fiction. It is was science it? fiction. It's science fiction. Not good science fiction, but it's science fiction. It is fiction. great Thank science you. fiction. <laughs> So it's on the bottom of the list anyway. It introduced us to Amy Jo Johnson's magnificent booty. That's how oh, the I pink can say. Uh, Power yes. Rangers. Yes. Yes. So now she was hot as hell. That sounds like that sounds like kitty porn. Pink. Power I'm sure Ranger. she was of age. No, yeah, okay. Power Rangers. Power Rangers is very racist. Eighteen year old like most. Oh, of them. Power Rangers is the most racist that, show. There was an Asian kid on there, wasn't there? And she was the, she was yellow, the yellow Ranger. Ranger. And the black guy was, was the black, black ranger. ranger. And his weapon was a gun. And his animal okay. was a freaking elephant. And he drank Colt 45. And he drank Colt 45. And he danced. And he was from Detroit. Perfect. And was the Red Power Ranger Native American? Yes. <laughs> oh, Jason is Native American. Wait, wait, wait. It was written by the Japanese, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes, but no, so but we're all off the hook. No, no, no. no. In the Japan, Ameri- the Americans Japan, cast it. All their people the are Japanese. Over here, we're racist. That's funny. And was oh. the was the Green Power Ranger Martian? <laughs> no, but he was envious. But he was envious. That's true too. Was the purple Power Ranger gay? <laughs> he might have been. I don't the know. Rainbow Power Ranger. He's the Rainbow Power Ranger. <laughs> no, seriously. And then like, Amy Jo Johnson's character was like the Valley Girl, and she was the Pink Ranger. Pink for girls. That makes perfect. They're fucking racist. Yeah, you're right. And Pink for was... girl. There's another one. Okay. I never, They're racist. I, never, I, don't I noticed think I've that ever too. Seen a single episode. I didn't notice it until I, I got older. I was working yeah. when the show was on, so I just thought it was a knockoff of like Ultraman and Giant. Right. Okay, you go ahead with your fake ass Ultraman. Anyway, <laughs> now that we're talking about Ultraman, we can get back to something. Else. Okay, yes, <laughs> we've digressed. The, the main topic this week is going to be our favorite comic book story arcs, mm-hmm. and we're going to start with, I guess, Nick. All right. Okay. Well. This uh, this decision was eventually finalized based on uh, sentimentality, even though it's still one of the great comic book series of all time. A couple run- runners-up were, of course, the X-Men Dark Phoenix is a well-known and great storyline, mm-hmm. and uh, the Fantastic Four, the very first Galactus trilogy, which I think was in Fantastic Four 48 to uh, 50, um, and some great early Doctor Strange and Spider-Man with Stanley and Steve Ditko. But my favorite storyline, my favorite comic book growing up was The Avengers. Um, and my favorite story, and I, I was lucky enough to come into The Avengers when Jim Shooter was the writer. And Jim Shooter brought a maturity, I think, 
I think he founded the maturity of the characters that we see even in the movies today. I think when you watch the first Avengers and they're all standing around kind of talking and arguing with each other a little bit, but acting like adults, having adult conversations, that goes back to Jim Shooter's Avengers. And so the very first Avengers I bought was 164, but starting in 167 to 177 was a 10-issue epic story arc in which the Avengers battled Korvac, who was a refugee villain from, I think, the 30th century or whatever, and that was where the Guardians of the Galaxy were from. So this story arc includes an Ultron, um, two-issue Ultron appearance, and the Avenger, and, and um, the Guardians of the Galaxy eventually track down Korvac, who's disguised as a regular guy living with his wife in suburbia. So when the Avengers finally figure out where he is, every single Avenger was in the team to fight this bad guy because he was so powerful. So you had everyone from Hercules and Moondragon to Quicksilver. So from the whole history of the, the Avengers. Whole, pretty much. Okay, they cool. All we're on cool. hand for this. And uh, in the final battle, they all get killed, except for Thor. And Mike Korvac's last act before dying is to restore everybody's life, just kind of redeem himself in a way. So this was just a great... And this was before, we were talking about a little bit earlier, in the 80s and 90s, whenever there had to be some kind of a epic, it had to go in every single title. So if you were reading The Secret Wars 2, one of the great ripoffs of all time, you had to buy like six or seven other peripheral issues in which the Beyonder might pl- have one minute... Panel. Pop up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you got to read the Secret Wars 2 story proper, which was not good at all. The original was great. And so in this one, it was pure Avengers. It was within their own universe. It was their own story, and it was a great story. So there was no crossover. No crossovers okay. at all, no. It, and, uh, and so um, that's it. So check it out, Avengers 167 through 177, Volume 1. There are, I think, two issues in there that were filler issues because they were working on the epic, so they had to have like a Hawkeye story kind of on the so side. So like a while, solo adventure. Just a solo to interrupt, you know, while they could finish the, the epic sure, part of it because sure. they got a little bit behind with it. And but, what um, years do you know? These were the uh, like 1977, 1978. So okay. it be the first Avengers run, bron- late Bronze Age. And Jim Shooter eventually went on to be the editor of he Marvel? He went on to be the publisher. Publisher, yeah. oh wow. Yeah, he okay. became the publisher of Marvel. And the art was done by the great George Perez, who was one of the great Avengers artists as well. So it was a real... Golden age, no pun intended, um, of, for Avengers fans. Well, who was the, what were the core members of the Avengers at that time? Do you remember? Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was basically it was Captain America, the Scarlet Witch, the Beast, uh, the Black Panther, um, Yellow Jacket, and the Wasp. And then uh, while that story unfolded, Iron Man came back, Thor came back. You know, all the main guys okay, came so back. Some cameos. Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, so all the main Avengers um, came back to participate in that storyline. So. Um, and is it collected? Is that run collected in a book? Yes, you know? it is. In fact, it was. I saw it, and I almost bought it at the um, Great Lakes Comic Con last year, uh, last about a year ago, right about now. So I do mean to pick that one up. So it is collected in a trade paperback. Yeah, the Korvac Saga, I think it's called. Great, great. That sounds awesome. And Q, what's your uh, what's your favorite comic book story arc? Well, it has nothing to do with Batman. No. It does it, <laughs> kind of. Everything you talk about has something to do with Batman, I'm sure. That is not true. In this Batman versus well, Superman, yes. Batman yes. alone? No. Okay, so my favorite story arc, which is a lot, The Dark Knight right, Returns, and you got, you know, uh, Death in the Family. Um, There's a lot of them. But my favorite one is... 
the one I chose for today to make point in light of my argument earlier today would be JLA Tower of Babel or Babel, whichever one you want to say. It basically is talking about when Ra's al Ghul stole all of Batman's contingency plans to take out the Justice League. Nice. And used them against him to stop. Well, let me just ask you, why would Batman need to take out his friends, right? Oh, no, they're not friends. They're people. The Business issue, associates. Exactly. In the earlier issue, uh, uh, the Injustice Society, the Injustice Gang, or Secret Legion, doing whatever you want to call them, swap minds with the Justice League. So, in case it ever happened again, Batman created contingency plans. Anything can happen. Mind control, mad, you know, Superman's vulnerable to magic. So, anything can happen. So, he created these contingency plans just in case anything happened, he would be able to stop them. So, Ra's al Ghul's plan was basically to destroy the language in the world. It was a machine that was scrambling up everything so people couldn't talk, they couldn't read, they couldn't form sentences, anything like that. Basically... And how does that benefit him? That sounds kind of like a wacky... Because the world uh, would destroy itself. There would uh, be chaos. chaos and okay. he rules in chaos. And then the world would destroy itself I and see. lower the population of the world and take out all the bad people. So, thank you, Brad... Anyway, so what happened was Talia Al Ghul broke into the Batcave to steal all of Bruce's plans. And so you had the one where it was a nanites that went on Martian Manhunter's skin that no matter what, as soon as he touched air, he lit up into flames. Then it was a nanite that went into Wonder Woman that made, because Wonder Woman doesn't back down from anything. So she was fighting her greatest opponent to her, fighting her greatest opponent, and once she she wouldn't quit, so she would tire out and die from exhaustion. So just little stuff like that that Batman had created to He's tricky. Yeah. You know, he made Aquaman think that he was afraid of water. So in a few hours, without Aquaman going back into the water, how could he, he make would die. Aquaman think he was afraid of water? And a synthesized version of the Scarecrow's fear toxin. Aha. Okay. He needs, he needs to do something where he makes us afraid of food. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Me, you, Brad, and Faith. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we might overcome that real quick, though. <laughs> Boringest comic book ever. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're afraid of food. Two minutes later, ah, what the hell? <laughs> Where's Faith? <laughs> <laughs> She's fitting into her girdle. <laughs> <laughs> and so in order to stop Batman from helping the lead, Ray Shao Ghul stole his parents' corpses. Oh Jesus. So Batman was all searching for them. But in make a long story short, the Ray the League, once they got over all of things and everything, the League ended up stopping Raish and Taya helped him stop him because she didn't like the way that she used he used bat, her knowledge of Batman against him so at the end the Justice League basically was like well we need to vote on can he stay or can he go is he gonna leave or is he gonna go three of them voted yes three of them voted that he had to go three of them voted he had to go three of them voted said he could stay so it came down to Superman and when they went to go tell him the verdict Batman already left because he knew Superman was going to vote against him. 
So he already left. So that was the end of Batman in the Justice League? In that issue, and I was, yeah. But of course he came back because you fucking need the goddamn Batman. Now, is this one issue or is this, no, this over is, a course uh, of... JLA, let me make sure I tell you the right issues. It is JLA 43 to 46. Okay. What years were those out? Uh, not sure. What volume of JLA? Oh, okay, that version of JLA. So probably yeah. in the ni- early... Or the 90s. I 90s. Think. Yeah. It was the 90s. Yep. So, and that was written by uh, Mark Wade and drew, drawn by Howard Porter. Okay. It was really good. As a kid, I enjoyed it. So, cool. Bradley. Being a Batman fan. There was a really interesting storyline that I really liked. Captain America um, is looking for uh, John Jameson, J. Jonah's son, because John Jameson is Captain America's uh, pilot. Uh, this happened after John went to the moon, came back with the moonstone, turned into a wolf. They had, it, had to have it surgically. Man wolf. Yes, man wolf. And they removed it, and they took it. Uh, the Avengers kept it, and after they, they crushed it, and they, for some stupid reason, kept the powder, and it's in the vault. And so what we find out, uh, Cap is in charge. He asks, he goes, to, so I love this story. He goes to the Avengers Hall, and uh, Agent Carter is, is on the switchboard, and she says, there's something odd happening over here. You need to look into it. And I'm thinking... God, this has to be 25 years or 30 years later. That So she's not young. She's not the young Agent Carter we see in the TV show. She's a mature Agent Carter, right? Because she, of course, is still in love with him. Um, and he goes out investigating. He goes, hmm, werewolf sighting in, in New England. I wonder if that has anything to do with John because I'm looking for John. So now get this. He gives control of the Avengers to... Um, Black Widow, and then he goes out there, and he wants to go find Doctor Strange to take with him because werewolves got to have the Doctor with you. Brad, is this what title is this in Captain America? Captain America. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, um, it's the um, uh, issues four hundred two to four hundred nine. Oh, it's actually a six issue thing. What years was this? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was nineteen ninety six. Um, Probably right before the Heroes Reborn crap when they... Well, the seventh issue is actually part of the Infinity crossover because, and I, I, I only know that peripherally, there's a point where an Infinity evil Captain America comes in with a, with a shield that's got serrated edge. Like a buzzsaw. Like yeah. a buzzsaw, yeah, yeah like I remember that. Um, so that's why you have to read through to the seventh issue because that's the that closes it. Um, but it turns out so he can't find Doctor Strange, and this is another part that I really love about it. He goes and says, "Well, there's only one other person I can talk to." He says, "I wonder if after our falling out and uh, with the team, if he'll consider talking to me." And he goes to see Doctor Druid, and and I'm thinking. God, I remember that guy, and it's been so long. Where did he go? Well, there was an interaction. I, I, you know, I could have gone back and looked at some of the other um, issues, but I wanted to stick with what I was looking at. Well, meanwhile, turns out Doctor Druid wants back in, and you know, most powerful Druid in the in the in the world, and they go. And uh, you want me to tell you the whole story? Uh, Spoiler. How much longer is it? <laughs> no, no. I can, <laughs> yeah, no, just I wrap can, it up here. No, I can, be, I can do it real fast. Um, 
they go out. There's uh, some crazy guy um, on a on yet another flying uh, skidoo that they the two of, uh, the two heroes come across a, a guy in a, a twisted sister inspired mask. His name was um, uh, Moon something. I mean, it was stupid. It, it was absolutely the worst dialogue ever from this guy. At any rate, he's Moon captured. Zappa. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Um, he's he's capturing a, a werewolf. And it was like a female, and it, it attacked them. And this is where we find out that the druid can heal himself with thought. Because he gets attacked, Cap goes after, they're trying, you know, after it stops the werewolf, werewolf gets in a lassoed by this guy, he's going off. Um, suffice it to say, they follow the guy back to a town, the entire town is werewolves. Turns out there's um, this crazy uh, uh, mad scientist woman, uh, Nightshade, Who's fought with Cap in the in the past, and she's rude. And she and the Moon guy um, are working for this Dreadman, who is apparently bringing uh, whatever he made a deal with the with the townspeople to bring them prosperity by turning them all into werewolves and giving them physical power. La la la. So Cap gets captured. He gets shot up with the serum that turns him into a werewolf. Cap wolf. Yes, Cap wolf. And what they don't realize is with his super serum already going on, he is now augmented with the wolf power. So now he's stronger than all of them. And he's beyond, he's still re- retaining his um, Captain Americanness. Thank you. Well, he can, he can still remember who he is. So, short version is. Uh, just you know, uh, <laughs> thank you, Nick. This was uh, this was in Captain America four hundred to six hundred uh, <laughs> <laughs> comics. Captain America and sci-fi. Hey, I preface this in the beginning. So suffice no, it didn't. suffice it to say, there is um, uh, Wolverine shows up, Cable shows up, um, Feral shows up from the X Men. It's a really nice um, subtle crossover that didn't require a million books. It's self-contained in the sixth, if you're satisfied with not knowing if Cap gets turned back to human. In the seventh book, the Infinity Crossover book, he does turn back. Um, We don't know if uh, Dr. Druid is going to um, join back with the Avengers, but everything is fine. Well, this is not a personal slam (laughs) against your pick as, uh, what was it called, Cap and Wolf or something? Yeah, Cap Wolf. Cap Wolf. Yeah. But uh, I was doing a little research when you, you know, you told us you were going to talk about that, and I I found the 10 worst things that ever happened to Captain America, (laughs) and that was on the list. Right. (laughs) They said, you would think all these great cameos would make this a great comic book arc nope <laughs> so Dang. there are people that don't like that oh, no. out there They're, like i said it was hard i liked the premise and i liked that all the characters were in it but it was written so badly i was like two books in i'm going what the hell well it just seems but like an odd fit it. of like a supernatural with captain america it seems i was reading the that I, I have i read those all those i was getting captain america at the time yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was it was okay it was fun i mean it was yeah. bad that the artwork was pretty bright and colorful right. he's just saying that because you're sitting right here no it sucked i'm not gonna that's not the point no Why but it's one I'm of so the more 70s. unusual premises yeah. Yeah. because yeah. there was the it was antiquated it was antiquated speech all right, John Mark, Turkey. what is your okay, favorite? Right, exactly. uh, right, mine, uh, I'm not going to be so detailed as everyone else's and, and I, it's I long. I wasn't detailed. But uh, I just want to talk about this uh, line of uh, comics. Uh, well, it was 
the Tomb of Dracula series from 1972 to went to 1979. It was a 70-issue so run. Uh, but I just want to basically talk about the first 12 issues, which I have in a sort of a graphic novel form here. Uh, it was uh, it's basically about Dracula and these vampire hunters that are battling him all the time. And... Um, and uh, there's there's that times where they have to work together to fight fight a common foe. Uh, there's multiple storylines. They there's times where he goes in, you know time travels in the past. Uh, it's almost sort of like kind of like Barnabas Collins and uh, a comic book form Which was out of Dark, Dark Shadows right at the same time but, that but was with, on but TV. With vampire hunters also, and there's there's characters that uh, that. That are related to the Bram Stoker novel because that was all public domain. Right. There's a, there's a character that's a descendant from the Harker family. There's a character that's that's descendant of Dracula and a character that's descendant from Van Helsing, and they're nice. all vampire hunters. And uh, this was like one of the first comic books to actually make an, an anti or sort of a antagonist the main character in, in a lot of the issues because it was it was there was some issues where the hunters the vampire hunters were the main characters and then some more Dracula was the main. Who uh, wrote and did the art for those first well, twelve the first, issues? Well, the first couple issues were done by. Uh, where where the art was by, by Gene Colin Gene Colin Colin great, Colin. great and, uh, Marvel artist Jerry Conway was was the writer of the he first did a lot of DC issues, uh, but, art or but, writing but but the series uh, like found found its stride when uh when Marv Wolfman took over the writing Marv Wolfman I think that was about episode or issue seven, seven. seven yeah because yes. I heard there was a lot of uh, those early issues you know Stan Lee would write one right. somebody was, else yeah, would do artwork so it was kind of bouncing all over and, the and place. Marv Wolfman's later claim to fame would be the Teen, Teen, Titans. Teen Titans the new, the new Teen Titans rather with, Teen with Titans. George Perez my favorite Avengers artist go yes. ahead yes and then also one of the things this comic line is probably most famous for is the first appearance of Blade. Issue number ten was the first appearance. He was, you know, obviously we all know his origin of being half human, half vampire, and uh, in, in this particular this this uh, graphic novel I have here, Blade is just introduced pretty much in like in just one issue, and then I guess he he reoccurs later on in the later issues. Uh, so uh, I didn't, you know, there's really not much a Blade in this in this twelve issue uh, book I have here, but. But the reason why I found this interesting was when I was a little kid, I was a big horror fan. I loved all the universal horror movies, and my mom knew it. And I remember as a kid, she used to bring me home from the drugstore some of these horror comic books, the, the Tomb of Dracula and the Werewolf by Night stuff, you know. She, nice. and, 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 then, and then I lost. I don't know whatever happened to them when I started collecting comics. I didn't have Did them you anymore. read a lot of the – DC had a lot of horror Swamp books. thing. Well, even not just that, but even like House of Horror or Haunted this. Oh, they, House of Secrets. Yeah, they had a lot of that kind of stuff stuff did you read a I lot had of a few too? of those but okay. I didn't read a lot of them when I started collecting comics in the mid 80s I never really collected this non superhero stuff mm -hmm. I was just basically collecting the super, you know the superhero stuff sure. and I totally forgot about this stuff until until recently I went oh man I remember this stuff as a little kid you know so I started you know, I went and bought the the 12 issue graphic novel the first right. 12 issues so um, I, it's, it's really well written this is one of the best written uh, Marvel, you know, comics of the 1970s. The 70s is, again is when that maturity and adult kind of writing style set in. And actually, um, I have the Tomb of Dracula, the essential Tomb of Dracula, one and two. So I got like the first 40 issues of those. Uh -huh. like, They're wonderful. Very and Supervillain Team Up came out about the same time. So there was definitely this anti-hero 
kind of approach. You know, the Submariner. Submariner is always kind of an anti-hero. He's in the Defenders, like Brad was talking about. And getting back earlier, we were talking about Doctor Strange because that because there is a Doctor Strange crossover in one of the later issues because he deals with the occult and everything. So hopefully, if Doctor Strange movie is a success, that will leave it open for them to bring introduce these darker storylines. Yeah, these, these properties. You know, so hopefully maybe Netflix would do like a sort series. Horror superhero kind of a... little bit of trivia that I read. Uh, the artist who designed uh, Dracula in this in- incarnation based him off of... Jack Palance. Yep. You know, I'm a little offended. Never didn't give me any trivia about Jack my Jack never did Dracula until a year <laughs> after. tell me which one you were doing. I was just going to say, Jack Palance did an early 70s made-for-TV Dracula. It was, it was after this came out, though. I wonder if it influenced them in casting at all. Possibly. I would think so, okay, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I, I have to reveal a, a, a secret of why I like the Cap Wolf series so much why Uh-oh. I read it. Back to the Cap Wolf, no, everyone. No, no, no. We know you hadn't heard enough guy, about it. The guy who... <laughs> 601. Oh, no. The, the pencil artist? Mm-hmm, name mm-hmm. was Rick Levins. Uh, I was fascinated. I had to find out. Well, I have a relative in the comic book business. Oh, so his actual... That's his name. Oh, yeah. okay. Real person. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then, getting back to Mark. Um, Mark? Mark. One of the interesting things that I found out was that part of the comic book code at the time was there was a ban on yeah, Dracula vampire. as a character or vampires. I was like, who the hell put well, that, that was into the, the code? Uh, the authority code thing. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, DC kind of was like, well, fuck the code. Oh, sorry. Well, because that's, that's when they started that. doing the drug issues with, with Green Lantern with, and yeah, Green Yeah, with Arrow, Arrow yep. You know, but, so uh, DC broke yeah, the code. No, they didn't. Stan Lee did in Spider-Man. The first comics to defy the code were Ooh, Amazing Morbius. Spider-Man. I don't remember the numbers, but it's the one where Harry Osborn becomes a drug addict. And well, he fights the Green Goblin. Answer. Yeah, the, but, but they the also, man. when they introduced oh, Morbius, the living vampire. That was in the 70s. Google. I think so, it was, was early 70s. Google. Google. This. Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Is that, is that where Morbius was introduced? Was I'm not Peter sure, Parker? but they said it was before... Tomb of Dracula came out because they were testing the waters okay. with that character. Late 60s was that Green yeah. Goblin storyline yeah. where the code was defined. Right, I was going to say it's like 65 or 66, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with the comic book code, DC was kind of like they are with the the cinematic universe is just ripping off Marvel, essentially, is what you're saying. <laughs> they're, they're coming after the fact. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that one. I'm sitting right next to Q here. <laughs> All right, so we've only got a couple minutes left. I I prepared lengthy notes for my favorite, so I'm just going to plow through these as quick as possible since Brad stole all my time. Sorry. Um, (laughs) When I was a kid, I I loved superheroes when I was younger. You know, Super Friends, Batman TV series. So, you know, I was a total superhero fan, but I was not really a comic book fan. until in the sixth grade, a friend of mine gave me this comic book that he didn't want, and it was Iron Man number 182. I picked it up, read it, and uh, it had almost no superheroes. Did you know Iron Man from the cartoon? I didn't at all, know. Or? Well, I was familiar with Iron okay. Man. Okay. Um, and so I was here, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be another jokey, goofy, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kiddish kind of comic book. And the <laughs> what kind of hooked me in was the cover of that issue uh, in big graffiti letters as Tony Stark is huddling in an alleyway, cold and shivering. It says, um, uh, I have it written down here, 
Uh, ba 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 somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Uh, oh man, where's my notes? They're failing me. Uh, but it, essentially, <laughs> it was. Uh, my balls are cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the subtitle. It basically said Tony Stark will either be sober by the morning or dead, and so it was a whole issue dealing with him being homeless, living out on the streets. He had totally lost Stark uh, Industries. Uh, he was uh, living with this woman out on the streets who was pregnant, and they were trying to get her into a hospital. Uh, they couldn't, you know, they, they basically, you know, blew him off. Uh, and he had to give birth to this baby kind of in, like, this little alleyway cove. And it was that moment that kind of snapped him back in saying, you know, okay, what does my life become? And so as a kid, 12 years old, reading this, I was like, wow, this is unlike anything I thought a comic book would be, you know. Because uh, at, at that point, I was like deep into Stephen King books and, you know, a little bit darker, you know, more mature, I guess you could say, uh, topics. Yeah. So based on that comic book, I went through, got all the recent... Iron Man issues kind of uh, uh, started in uh, issue 166 um, where Tony Stark basically falls off the wagon uh, in a famous story arc uh, issues 120 through 128 called Demon in the Bottle which is out as a graphic novel he first dealt with alcoholism because up to that point he was kind of a James Bondish playboy drinking you know, womanizing. Uh, and so this was the first time that they ever said, well, someone who drinks and parties uh, that much, what toll would that actually take? And there's a famous cover of, uh, uh, I forget the number, but uh, it's Tony Stark in the in the Iron Man suit without the helmet. And there's uh, like a bottle of booze. And he's I remember that. Stubble and he's sweating and he's like having the detox. I wonder what would happen if he ever puked in the suit. Yeah, with the helmet just on, ultimately yeah, filtered self, out, self-destruct. Um, and so, essentially, this run from uh, issue 166 uh, up to roughly 184. There's about a 20 issue run. They bring back that idea of essentially Tony Stark falling back, uh, you know, off the wagon, uh, and a lot happens in those 20 issues. I think it's some of the best stories. Where War Machine. Replaces him, or where Rhodey replaces? Yes, him as Iron correct. Man? Okay. So that was that was the other thing that really hooked me in because in that issue where he gives birth to this baby, Rhodey is effectively Iron Man right. at this point. Okay, and they did a really cool storytelling uh, strategy where there, you really got two stories in every issue of Iron Man at that point. You had the Rhodey. Iron Man kind of learning the suit yeah. and kind of dealing with fighting supervillains. Because up to that point, he had been in the suit, right. but it was just as public appearances so that Tony Stark and Iron Man could be in the same place at the same time. Right, right. Uh, so this is, you got Rhodey actually being a superhero. Uh, and so I wasn't that well-versed in comic books. So I was like, wow, a, a superhero that's a drunk and you got a black superhero? I, you know, I didn't know that yeah. they had those kind of stories you yeah. know, in well, comic does books. It, does it tell how he gets Stark Industries back? That they kind of. I don't think of, he does. He starts a new company. Yes. Yet. What happens towards the end of that run, once he cleans himself up, he uh, goes out to California with Rhodey and a couple of other of the former Stark Industry 
employees and they start up a new company, like an energy and that's company. That's about when the West Coast Avengers And that's exactly out, when the West Coast Avengers. Brody was the first Iron Man in the West Coast Avengers, yes. I think. And so what was cool about this run is you got Brody as Iron Man, which eventually leads the War Machine. You've got the West Coast Avengers starts up when Tony moves out to California. Right. Um, you have Abra Stain right. is the main villain in this run. He's the one who he took over Jeff Stark Bridges, Industries. Right? It became right. yeah, <laughs> Jeff Bridges. yeah, he's the one who Stain Industries. Correct. Becomes, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so eventually he does wind up getting Stark Industries back, and. Uh, Rhodey and, and Tony wind up battling each other in the different Iron Man suits. Tony gets back into the original Mark I suit and fights Rhodey because he kind of is going out for vengeance and is trying to kill this guy. And Tony's like, ah, no, no, superhero means you don't kill people. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't kill the big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, he was the little, he was the dude. The, the, dude, yes. the big Lebowski was the fat old man. With, You're right. With one of my uh, one, I think around that You're time, right. Secret Wars came yes. out yep. because um, because right towards the end of this, Brody was right. Iron Man, I think, in Secret Wars, and I, I remember a great scene, um, a great uh, scene that addressed racism, and uh, uh, Rhodey took his gauntlet off, and you could see that he was African American. And because Mr. Fantastic had to fix his gauntlet or something. And so Rhodey took the glove off and handed it to him. And, and he says to Reed Richards, he says, are you surprised that there's a black man under this armor? And Reed Richards says, well, I knew there was a man under the armor, Good which I Reed. thought was cool. You know, yeah. was, uh, yeah, yeah. Rhodey was a little bit yes. belligerent, you know, at and, first. You and know? that's what I liked about that run of Iron Man is that they dealt with very real, very serious mature, issues. Yeah. Yes, very mature, like you said. I guess uh, as a lead into the '70s, and that's when that original demon in the bottle uh, issues were was in the in the late '70s, and so this was mid '80s. This yes. was about 1984. Yeah, um, and just a couple of other wacky uh, things that happened in this time in uh, episode or issue. I keep calling these damn things uh, episodes. In issue number 172, this was after Tony had fallen off the wagon and had. Pretty much, Rhodey had taken over. Captain America stages an intervention <laughs> to try to help Tony get clean. Good for him. Wow. Which, which yeah. didn't go, Captain America. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, and then, of course it didn't. even weirder, and this is why I think this run isn't really considered a classic. It's a favorite of mine, mm -hmm. just because you know this was the, really the first comic book that I was into. But it, it wouldn't overall. I wouldn't say it's highly reviewed or held in high regard um there was a, a, a an entire episode about a group of kids in new york that uh play as the avengers and the kid that plays as iron man because he had been kicked out of the avengers in real life they kicked this kid out of their group <laughs> Dang, <laughs> and so the kid basically has to earn his way back oh, into cool. the group by you know like defending uh some friends against a bully and they're like oh okay i guess our version of iron man can stay in our little uh, our little play group Dang. so you get these weird episodes in this or issues in this run and to be honest the artwork wasn't very good mm -hmm. it was kind of had this kind of sloppy quickly drawn looking what if al milgram did it you know and so it just uh, visually it just didn't really look great yeah and some of the villains 
were pretty lame in yeah. this in this run. You had like the termites, right? And you know, just a bunch of kind of like low rent yeah. super villains, the D list villains. You know, Spider Man would always have to fight guys like that every few issues. Yeah, you know? yeah, they, some one offs, the kangaroo, or right? Really stupid. Now, I will say uh, why I wanted to talk about it. Besides my personal affection, is if you look at the first two Iron Man movies, they they directly were influenced by this because the original Demon in the Bottle run, uh, Justin Hammer was the kind of the guy behind his descent into alcoholism because he kept fucking with Iron Man's suit. He was able to hack into it and make all these things happen. And it was kind of driving Tony insane. And he oh, was drinking to kind of deal with the pressures of, you know, what's going wrong. And then Stain was in this second longer run, mm-hmm. which he was in the original Iron Man movie. And right. Hammer was in uh, Iron Man 2. Right. Um, and, and we all know that if Iron Man had flopped... Marvel Studios, because that was their first movie right. that they produced. Right. Marvel yeah. Studios might not be where it is today if Iron Man hadn't paid off. Yeah. So if you're interested in the history of Marvel Studios, of Iron Man, uh, this issue is number 166 through 184. Uh, I would uh, highly recommend, although just no, lame villains, bad artwork, a few one-off crazy <laughs> issues. But we did see the Mandarin yeah. com- comes back, and he uh, uh, he fights Rhodes for the first time. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of a, a good twist on it. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's all she wrote. Some, something so interesting also in some of these older books is you used to be able to write in. I don't know if they still do it. The letters page. Right. Yeah. The, the letters to the editor. And um, one of these letters was to Stan, and it's some guy saying, you know, hey, your last, this series, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely great. You guys are totally destroying DC. Keep up the good work. I want to see him go down. And, and Stan's answer is, now, hold on. We're all in the same boat, and we jump ship, and we each play for either team they who's do. ever paying. Yeah. So... You know, root for your heroes if you want, but the artists, one one series, they'll be at DC. The next series, they'll be at Marvel. Right. And then a series after that, they'll be back at DC. So you can have your favorites, but And Mar- don't, Marvel don't. referred to DC as the distinguished competition. And they had a softball game every year. They, oh, they, okay. They come, and then maybe they still do. One thing I want to ask you guys real quick, um, listening to your stories is... Um, and I know this is true for me, and it sounds like it's true for Denver, but did anyone go into superheroes through via comic books bef- instead of cartoons on TV? Because I got into Spider-Man and the Super Friends from the cartoons, yep, uh, yep. Batman, and that led me to comic books. Yep. Comic books yeah, first. Like the car- comic books first for Brad? Yeah, well, okay. Because you were cartoons, around before the yeah. cartoons, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they, they were, were, it was the, like... The, do, 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 to be, to they were black the, and white. They didn't black and white the pops. And, uh, churning butter at the farm. That's right. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons... Was probably the Just very Bugs Bunny, early right? days of uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. where in the half-hour show there was really only twelve minutes of actual show. All the rest of it was a lot of singing and a ton of commercials. Were you allowed to watch TV on Saturdays? Only barely, and it was in black. You know, and they white. were still listening to the radio back then. No, I'm talking about you know the the Sabbath. Yes, yes. <laughs> for for a long time we weren't because oh, wow. we were going to we were going to uh, services. Right. Um, and of course, no VCR, no no um, uh, TiVo. Yeah, it was hard. It was a lot easier to try and find um, books book. at the uh, 
at the the. Well, you know, the, they're uh, doing a great job of, of that same strategy now because my kids uh, love this Teen Titans Go. So they're familiar with all these DC characters, even though it's not a great show by any means. Right. I mean, it's a fun show. It's a comedy show. Yeah. It's I wouldn't call it necessarily a superhero yeah, show. It's not though, adventures. Yeah, even though they are like superheroes. Huh. But it's like I will. Friends. But you know, it's you like ask my daughter brother. or my son, you know, seven, ten years old. You ask them anything about that group of characters that kind of circle right. the Teen Titans, and they know all about them. They Absolutely, know. Absolutely, yeah. I had a know, conversation with a. 10 year old at summer camp last year about uh, Marvel the Marvel Universe and he knew everything from watching all the various cartoons mm-hmm. on the Disney Channel and all yep. that I mean, he knew yep. everything all these obscure Doctor Strange characters and he's like oh yeah I remember the Dormammu Moonblood." I'm like wow so yeah, it's, it's, it's a great thing. They've cemented future generations. When we started, they, they don't know what 9-11 is, and that's true. I, the, I asked some of these kids. They did not know what 9-11 was, these 10- and 11-year-olds. Because they weren't, they born, weren't, weren't yet. born yet. But yeah. I still knew what Pearl Harbor was when I was 10 and 11. Because, that's true too. because the, uh, the, the core that they're teaching in, in school is useless because the Japanese are paying our school system to keep our kids dumb. So they grow up and vote Republican. You think I'm joking? Here we go. Here we go. Nope. I think this is not comics. This is a good episode. Uh, you should have brought Chris that up here, so we can, uh, we, we can we talk want. about all the Republicans we want to talk you about. You should have brought exactly. up those conspiracies last week when we were talking about the X Files. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, there you go. Mother Suffice it to say, Common Core is sufficiently insufficient. And the funny thing is, it's so bad that teachers in Belleville got caught for cheating to 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 raise kids. To actually, teach him something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Oh, oh, I got you. Yeah. All right, well, look, focusing, bringing it yeah, back sorry. around to sorry. comic books, uh, I will say this, that episode three oh. of X-Files that aired this past Monday was awesome. Oh. It was one it of was, the best, best ever X-Files wow. of all time. Not okay. just these three that have run, but, but I'm talking about the whole series. That was the comedy series. episode, right? Okay. It was very funny, but it wasn't just comedy. It was a lot of heart and emotion in it. Right. It was some sexy moments. Well, no, I just oh was saying, God, I remember. Beautiful. All right, don't, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. But no, I was just it saying, I remember they were talking to, about. You gotta see it. I got a DVR. They, I remember they were talking about before it came on. I don't know where I was at. I was probably on on demand, and they were recapping or whatever. They were talking about the cockroach episode that we talked about a few weeks ago. But they were saying this episode was going to be one of their standard comedy episodes that they do every season. So that's why I asked, was it supposed to be the funny episode? It, it's the, it was the funniest one this so of far. the three okay, so far. So How many episodes the, are they doing? Six? Only six. Okay, six. Only six. Okay. Yep. So just we're already just, well, halfway through. He's got to go back, serious, and then we'll take oh, them, He's got to go back, back to catching... Uh, Yes, Charles Manson. Charles Manson. That's He's right. got to go back to catching Charles Manson. And Gillian Anderson has a BBC show that's oh, very, right. very popular, popular called The Fall, where she's tracking this serial killer who so is they, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. So Bad. they both got to go They're, catch. They've got other killers. jobs to do. That's right. And then I just one other uh, thing I wanted to mention was uh, just this week was announced a uh, a second John Carpenter music album. His first uh, album, Lost Themes, I think I mentioned right. it uh, a few episodes, podcast back. And uh, so I'm, it, it was a great, great record. It sounded like you know music themes taken right from his movies, but they were all originals. So he's got a new batch of originals. My only concern is they're calling it Lost Themes 2. So it kind of sounds like it's just a rehash. So I'm hoping it's not in quality. But anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Right now. Uh, I think I'm all talked out, if you'll believe that. 
For what it's worth, they have just begun shooting four 90-minute reunion episodes of Gilmore Girls. (laughs) That will be on Netflix. I heard they didn't invite Melissa McCarthy back. Well, I, I heard she's not on it, but I didn't know why. They if, probably can't afford her at yeah, this point. Probably. Not at this point. But you think uh, she'd go she back said, out of fun. She, she said she wasn't even asked. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know she was. Well, well if we're talking about non-geeky Sorry, stuff, uh, yeah. this season of Downton Abbey has been awesome. Don't, 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 say, no, don't say anything. I haven't seen anything I'm not going to watch oh. it. I'm not going to do any spoilers, okay. but I've watched every episode. Yes, okay. It is the best wow. season. This episode was unbelievable. Oh, All right, don't God. say anything. So good, so good. <laughs> I'm a huge fan it's, of it, and I've only seen the first episode. zombies in Downton Abbey? <laughs> Let's just say it's classic Downton Abbey. Abbey. The last couple zombies. of seasons were okay, but nothing special. This, yeah. I think, ranks among the best yeah, the, of the The third of the season, season was the last great season, yes, I thought. Yes, But they're all good. Yep. Um, but okay, good so news. So if good you news. watch the show on PBS and you watch it on Sunday nights, the eight o'clock, the eight o'clock show is last week. The nine o'clock show is this week, and at ten o'clock they have a, a round. I don't even. I think it's in Denver. They have a round table of people on the show, consultants, and and an audience, and a really smarmy. Host and they talk about what happened in the show. Oh, I they do it. that with every show now. Talking they Dead, do? basically. Oh, yeah. They're doing that like Collider, uh, Collider, uh, the website. They do they, one they after do, the Arrow, after Flash, shows on YouTube. DC. Yeah, yeah, but he's talking about broadcast, which yeah. right now the uh, only one streamed right, right after the show. Well, it's, well, no, it's this a, is on PBS. Right. This is a, this is yeah. a paid for and free over the air. So right now, the only show I believe that's doing that is uh, Talking Dead, which follows Walking Dead every right. week. Okay. And they're going to start up, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, Fear of the Talking Dead. <laughs> they're going to do a, uh, a basically a Talking Dead after the spinoff show as oh, well, wow, okay. starting up. So. And uh, if you guys want to catch up on, you know, Batman, the DC film universe, they have prequel comics out for Batman. Oh, I saw DC that. Film. Yeah. Oh, wow. So if you want to read up on those, yep. and Sp- I would recommend it. And they uh, this week, if we're talking about comic books, uh, is Spider-Man number one for Universe 616, which I'm not super familiar on, but it was kind of this cool looking Spider-Man suit on the cover where it's Miles Morales, right. who's from the Ultimate yeah. right. Spider-Man. Right. Uh, he's they gave him a new suit, and this is one of these right, infinite he, parallel right. universe stories, and it's kind of a hybrid of the traditional Spider-Man blue and red suit with the uh, not the Venom suit, but what's the black and white suit? Is that Venom? Yeah. 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 Okay. Alien. Yeah, yeah, the, the alien symbiote. Suit. Yeah. So Car- it's, Carnage is red. So yeah. it's like this Venom is, is black. black. And red with a little blue. It's kind of this crazy looking suit, but it's kind of cool. So that came out this week for all you uh, Spider-Man aficionados. Very cool. Yeah, yeah right. they've got yeah, a, they've got a lot of. Uh, they actually let off uh, uh, free comic book day. Um, there were three of the episode or three of the issues were uh, Spider-Man issues. Um, there was also a free Star Wars one. Um, there is also a uh, Are you talking Thanos. about last year's? Yeah, because they just made it onto Marvel Unlimited. Okay, um, I see. But I was really impressed by the fact that, um, in fact, that's the one I started to, uh, to read uh, was the Thanos version. Um, he is, if, if he wasn't so powerful, he is a total nerd. He's like uh, a romantic. He's a lot of yees and these. In all the stuff, and he's he's still trying to date some chick on this planet that doesn't really give a shit whether he lives or dies. It's absolutely hysterical. 
On that note, I think we should wrap it up, Brad. Be <laughs> thank you, Denver. Tonight. Thanks, Nick. Q, Mark. Don't I'm, thank I'm, me. I'm glad. Yes, oh, thank you. Fuck you, Q. How thank about you. that? Does that work for you? You might as well uh, say that. <laughs> you might as well. Well, consider it said. <laughs> this is Brad with Comic Experience Sci-Fi. Go to Abel's idea, ableideas.com and buy some comic books. Go to Comic Experience Sci-Fi and watch some episodes. Go to uh, SoundCloud and listen to some podcasts. Uh, uh, tweet a Q uh, at uh, CBSF underscore the Q. You can. It would be changed to no longer CBSF underscore the Q <laughs> slash Big Baby. Yeah, right. Wow! <laughs> wow! Hashtag. Okay. You gotta live more than for Batman versus Superman. Hashtag there's nothing else to live for. Oh my. So, this is Brad with Comic Experience Sci-Fi. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. I won't. Bum, bum, bum.